0: it's the next level
1: why thank you me that was me I did that I made that good stuff we are back I forgot to do this the other day when Jill was down here this intro part Uh, so I'll do it by myself right now you'll be fine Everybody will be fine. Today is a special episode. First of all, we're back after a long delay. Sorry about that. I don't even have an excuse. No excuse. No reason. Just, I don't know. We took a hiatus. Baby stuff is all-encompassing, apparently. So there you go. Um, So next week, we will be doing the finale of Mission Hill. Uh, But today is very special because uh, Jill and I sat down with one of the creators of Mission Hill, Bill Oakley. He was wonderful. It was a lot of fun. We talked about all kinds of stuff, cartoons, how they're put together, what a writing room is like, and how, uh, well, you know what, instead of me just trying to remember what I edited days ago, uh, I will <laughs> I will instead just say, enjoy it. Uh, this is our conversation with Bill Oakley. Well, you know, I just realized we haven't even done the finale of Mission Hill yet for our show. You just show. realized
0: I said that. Ar. Yeah,
1: I know. We didn't. We never did it. Damn.
0: You've watched the episode. I'm sure I've watched it yeah, episode we, too.
1: We've seen them, but it hasn't been part of the show. Damn. All right, we'll figure that out later. Uh, Bill, thanks for coming. This is. Uh, I'm terrified right now. I don't know about you, Jill. This Is <laughs> horrifying?
2: Guys, I'm not so scary. I'm I'm I'm, I'm real mellow. So don't don't be nervous.
1: <laughs> oh. You got the beefaroni in the background there. That's that's actually helping a lot. It's really helping me out.
2: Those are my; those are some of my vintage pillows. That's a vintage Fresca and vintage, uh, pillow from the sixties.
1: Oh my gosh! That's, wow! (laughs) Was not ready for that. I don't know what I was expecting. (laughs) They were.
0: (laughs) So did you? Are they new to you, or did you have them for a while? I
1: found them
2: on eBay about six months ago.
0: Oh. Oh okay.
1: Wow. You didn't pull them out of a storage space from you know that your parents had 30 no, years ago no, my
2: parents didn't buy stuff like this <laughs> um <laughs> i i i uh no i just happened to cross it on ebay and and i was like i gotta own these and there's a couple more actually there's a one with the flash cubes um for your camera and that i wonder how many were made it was called the pop art pillow series but i haven't been able to find anything else about it online
1: huh interesting Damn, I kind of want a vintage <laughs> pillow now.
0: To say it's something that once you know it exists, you're like, I need that. But...
1: I yes, I agree. That's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what this was, but I can't live without it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's dude. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh man, have you been able to review any beefaroni with your uh, your food reviews you've been doing lately?
2: I did actually do a beefaroni thing um, about IMPOS almost two years ago when they released the um, throwback. I don't know if you recall this, and they might even still be on shelves. The whole Chef Boyardee line, they reduced these they, – they, uh, this is going to be a really long story, but I'll show no, them it. Please. <laughs> the, the,
1: the uh
2: Chef Boyardee released these throwback editions of the beefaroni, I think the ravioli, and maybe the spaghetti, using the recipes that they used in the 60s and 70s, um, which in my opinion are significantly better. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, and they, uh, I did review those. I didn't, I didn't do a video of it, but I did it on my sh- Instagram story and they are, you know, I highly recommend them. Uh, especially the beefaroni. <laughs> uh, it has a great flavor. It has more tomato. It has uh, more meat. And it was, uh, I think it was a great, th- it was a great experiment in brand extension. I don't know how successful it was.
0: Was it higher sodium? I would, I would think back then.
2: I, I doubt it. I think they're much. I think they're probably more unhealthy today than they were back then. I think the difference is they use real <laughs> meat. They use a lot more real meat in, as opposed to textured vegetable protein that they oh. did in the '60s. Yeah. Wow.
1: So now it's unhealthier because it's a bunch of a bunch of synthetic fake stuff, right? right I think so. <laughs> I wouldn't go on the record
2: as saying that, but I, I think that's the <laughs> case. No, no, I don't. I'm not trying to,
1: you know, burn any bridges on your behalf. Don't but... <laughs> sue any of us. <laughs> Yeah, the product is delicious. It is really great. I <laughs> I don't eat a lot of
2: beefaroni, but when I do, I enjoy it.
1: I, I think that's the way you're supposed to do beefaroni. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I, I can't remember ever eating it, but I probably did at some point as a kid.
1: I'm sure there's there are knockoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is probably what we've all enjoyed at some point, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we had a lot it's canned right i don't think i yeah. had a lot of canned stuff
1: you know why because you didn't go away to college either oh wow didn't didn't have that <laughs> didn't have that oh my god i i have three dollars and i have to eat all week yeah Ramen and baby. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so did uh, we're, we're gonna get to the cartoon stuff in a minute but i'm curious about the food reviews do they do companies like send you stuff do they give you like vouchers to go try the stuff for free how does it or do you just go and buy the new sandwiches and review them and get play that way?
2: Uh, usually, I do it that way. I mean, I there's a couple different types of reviews I do. The most notable, I guess, the most recognized ones are the videos that are 59 seconds long on my Instagram. That are yeah. almost always fast food new fast food items. Um, oh. And in those cases, I I generally I just find them on my own. Um, I read about what's coming out and I go out and try it. In some cases, like the cut, the most recent one. Wendy's did send me a uh, a voucher to go get the new whatever it was the cheese, cheesy jalapeno popper sandwich and I did I mentioned that in the thing it was all about my journalistic integrity in the video <laughs> uh, and making sure everyone knew that they had they had an, they paid for this sandwich um, generally though the companies send me stuff afterwards if I like if I like it I'm happy to get their get their like Arby's for instance sent me all that crazy stuff. Um, I know after, you're a big Arby's guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After they sent me, they sent me the, the, those meat sweats and they sent me the Arby's hat. And uh, that was after I had said that they're, they had the best fast food fish sandwich. But I didn't solicit that. In general, I, I try to stay. I have to keep my journalistic integrity for those. <laughs> then, um, <laughs> on the Instagram story, people and companies send me stuff. And the story, you know, is just it, it, I usually do some other short videos on the story or I do just photographs almost every day. Um, and it's—I would say—it's seventy percent stuff that people actually mail me. People from all over the world mail me like their local potato chips or things like that. I get a lot of liquor. I just got some oysters from Alaska. What, um, <laughs> what? I know is fantastic. Uh, and, and then I, and companies also do send me stuff. Like I have a huge amount of stuff here. Uh, the the Tell More Dew Whiskey Company sent me stuff for St. Patrick's Day. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and and uh these peanuts from Virginia. I saw that I had mentioned them on Twitter, and they sent me like every variety of peanut they make so yes people do send me (laughs) stuff a lot but it does not affect my journalistic integrity of my of my review videos thank you for asking
1: oh well (laughs) thank you for clearing that up yeah that's good to know that no matter what gets sent to you you're going to give it 100 honest here's what here's what's in this thing here's what i like and don't like about it that's awesome
2: yeah in general also if it's something that is like something that somebody may, if it's a small company or like a local restaurant, I'm not going to po- put just, if I don't like it, I don't post about it. I don't like to po- I don't like to crap on this, the little man, you know, who's, who's struggling <laughs> to get his restaurant going during COVID. So um, it's only the big fast food chains that I think, you know, that, I, that I'm totally willing to review <laughs> with absolute honesty. Whereas like local food trucks and things like that, if I, if I don't like it, I just don't post about it.
1: And then do they ever ask you like, Hey, why didn't we get a video about our, you know, our our version of the Rubin or whatever.
2: No, they don't usually ask. Uh, they don't know. In many cases, they don't know that I've been there. I mean, I I, I get recognized oh. some. I get recognized about half the time, but um, in in general, those are places that I like.
1: Oh, nice! Wow, that's good. Can't imagine getting recognized like just going to get food.
2: It really changed <laughs> <That's> awkward <laughs> when I started doing this. It really changed. Uh, I was never recognized by anybody for my entire life. And then when I started doing this, I started getting recognized about once a week and not just in Portland. I was recognized in LA at the airport. I was recognized in downtown, on the street in downtown LA and um, like in Portland, at least once a week, uh, I get recognized. So it is, it's interesting that I was able to manufacture this small level of celebrity out of thin air.
1: Out of, I'm hungry and I want to try this fish sandwich. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. That's great. What a what a fun idea to just go on and hey, I'm going to tell you about this new Arby sandwich. Yeah,
2: I mean, and I didn't all of a sudden invent, you get
1: free sweats. I
2: did not invent reviewing fast like this guy's on YouTube. There's there must be four or five guys on YouTube with a million followers. Like you know, the whole idea of reviewing fast food in your car was invented by this guy named Game Drops, who's got over a million followers. And then you got Report of the Week, which also has at least a million followers. And those guys like. I'm not in that same week. Like the YouTube guys are a whole different thing. The Instagram, I'm the only person doing this on Instagram to my knowledge.
1: Oh, okay. Well, cool. YouTube, yeah, you're like, that's fully produced and all kinds of stuff. You're just like, you have your phone on, boom, we're going to do this as a story real quick and then see what happens, right?
2: Mine are much shorter. I mean, I think that's a blessing. I, I like, personally, anytime I queue up a video on YouTube and it's like longer than eight minutes, I'm like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and
0: so I don't have eight minutes. mine, mine
2: um, mine are are 59 seconds long and that i think honestly is is part of the reason they're they're popular at least i would watch 59 seconds anybody can spare on instagram whereas 10 12
1: minutes about a sandwich is a lot to ask 10 12 minutes about anything i think is a lot i I agree i agree
0: and i think think on instagram there's like a cutoff or there was at least
2: a minute until they enter until they introduce igtv which has not taken off i don't think the it's always 59 seconds which is why that i like that limit because otherwise i think i would be tempted to blab on the limit is is very helpful in terms of my editing i know exactly what i have to do to get it down to that that length
0: yeah and when, when something comes up on instagram it's like keep watching i'm like eh. yep
2: yep uh, you're right <laughs> nah. i never do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's rare it's it has to be someone that i'm actually like super interested in which is only a couple accounts and
2: yeah. It's true. I don't, I, I don't like watching. I don't like watching long videos online uh, unless, you know, I, there's a, if I'm sitting at the TV in TV watching mood, fine. But when I'm on my phone or whatever, I don't want to sit there for that long uh, watching one thing.
0: Yeah. You have that urge to just like your thumb to keep moving and keep mm-hmm. scrolling, even though you're not doing anything.
1: Totally. <laughs> wow. That's our that's attention span. That's, that's, yeah. That's the <laughs> attention span of anything. I'm shocked anyone listens to podcasts. Really. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
0: I only listen when I'm working because there's no sound going on as I'm working with my hands doing things. So I have to have something on. I got tired of music. It seemed like it kept hearing the same songs over and over again, even if it wasn't.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's the same thing. I do it with, I I listen to podcasts when I'm doing chores, like cleaning out the cat's litter box or things like that, you know, and then I, uh, it's distracting, it's diverting. So, uh, but I don't generally sit, like, I don't sit like an old time person listening to the radio. (laughs) you know and and listen to podcasts it's it's stuff it's for when i'm or driving you know it used to be when people commuted before covid people would have commutes that would be a good time to listen to podcasts too
0: yeah that was a big thing but i'm like i don't drive and i don't right i'm not having something playing on my phone as i'm on the bus or whatever but as i'm working it's perfect
1: (laughs) i love not having a commute anymore by the way my favorite thing (laughs) yeah i I work right from this chair i'm sitting in right now it's (laughs) great (laughs) All right. So we, we brought you to talk about cartoons. Well, a cartoon. Well, no, actually, technically two cartoons.
0: Then we started looking at all the other stuff. And
1: then we started. She <laughs> wanted to look at your Simpsons stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, did you want to ask him about his did you want to ask him a Simpsons question before we.
0: Oh, no, it was just because I have a tattoo of Blinky from the Simpsons. And I just happened to see it. I was like, oh, he was on the Simpsons, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have anything specific.
2: <laughs> no, you could talk about all those things. You can talk about uh, Simpsons. Uh, Futurama, <laughs> Mission Hill, uh, and Close Enough, I'm now the head writer and executive producer for the new season of Close Enough on HBO Max.
1: Fun. Oh, I do want to check that out. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me. Now I have an extra reason to check it out.
2: It's a funny show. I didn't have anything to do with the ones that are on the new season two. I worked on season one a little bit, and now I'm back for season three. But, uh, and obviously it's not, it, this show is J.G. Quintel's show. He's the showrunner. I'm just like, you know, I manage the writers and the writing process.
1: You're just the guy in the room Making sure everything's on the up and up, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. So, like, what is that, uh, like, managing a writer's room? What is, what do you exactly do with all of those people?
2: Um, It depends. It really depends on the show and the circumstances. Like, generally at a show, you can have like five, anywhere between five and 12 writers. And um, first of all, it's very different now during COVID as well, because there's no actual physical room for almost any TV show. I would, uh, and they're all on Zoom. So that's that's a totally different process than it was for the past 80 years, you know, and um, (laughs) you have to. It also depends, by the way, what the circumstances are like at The Simpsons. We had a rare, extremely rare opportunity to do what we wanted because there was nobody above us, you know, uh, or there were the people people above us were not were trusted us and, and let us do what we wanted. So we didn't have to answer to anybody. Whereas normally you have to answer to the network. The story has to, have to be approved by the network. They have to be approved by the creator or, or, or showrunner of the show as well. Uh, and so that's a, it's a different process. But in general, you just kind of keep the trains running on time. You tell people, say, today we're going to make up stories for this character, or we're having a meeting. Everybody needs to come with 10 stories. And you pick which ones are going to be done. And then you have, and then you supervise the writing of them. And you, uh, a writer writes an outline, and you tell the writer to adjust it in this way, and they write a first draft. And you tell them to adjust it in this way. And then they bring the draft to the writer's room and we go through it with a fine tooth comb, uh, line by line and make sure everything is perfect. That's a general process.
1: It's a lot that like, (laughs) by the time we see a show, it's like, oh, wow, look at all this stuff they did. That's so much going on that we would never even think about just watching a funny cartoon. That's
2: crazy. It's amazing how much work goes into this stuff. Not just cartoons, all TV shows, you know, like. Even the crappiest TV show (laughs) that you've ever seen, (laughs) somebody worked really, really, really hard to make it happen and also had to jump through a thousand hoops to get it on the air. That's the hard part, you know? Like, as as long as I've been in this business, I've only gotten two or three shows on the air. And it takes, that's the Herculean task, is to get it through the 90 hoops you got to jump through to get the thing made.
1: Is that better or worse now with streaming and online stuff as opposed to just, you know, five cable networks?
2: Well... It's probably it's somewhat easier to get a show on the air, but it's not the same thing. It's like you're going to get six episodes made as opposed to the old days when you'd get 13 or 22 episodes right off the bat. Um, And you're going to have a lot less money for the, you know, for the writers, for everything like that. You know, (laughs) that's like that's part of the process is that there's been a with a few exceptions like. You know, when TV, when there wasn't so much streaming, there were far fewer shows and thus they were, they got a lot more advertising and there was a lot more money to be made. Now there's an infinite number of shows on the air. Most people have never heard of any of them. And <laughs> at some point, some, at some point, someone's going to say, this is a waste of money. And I don't know when that's going to be. I hope it's not, I hope it's after I retired, <laughs> but at some point, <laughs> someone is at like Netflix or someone is going to say, this is ridiculous that we're spending these $2 million an episode on a show that 40 people watch. You know, (laughs) and, and that's like my, it's my Instagram videos have more viewers and they don't have any viewers. They don't have, they have a puny amount of viewers compared to those guys on YouTube, as I said, but my Instagram videos have more viewers than a huge number of TV shows and they cost nothing to make, you know? And so I think that like at some point, someone at some, some executive is going to say, do we really need to make all these TV shows? And the answer will be no, of course not.
1: (laughs) Well, then I think we're just going to put them all in minute clips on Instagram and Twitter, and everybody's going to be like, hey. Well, that's what Quibi was, can... was
0: that 10-minute thing.
1: Yeah, that one right and down there, I'm, too. I'm really, bummed, I'm really bummed out that didn't work.
2: Well, they didn't buy the show that I pitched them, so I don't wish them any luck. I'm glad they're... Oh, there you go. All right, <laughs> you know saying, what?
0: I never even bothered with them. I'm like, if I'm sitting down to watch something, I can sit down and watch a full-length show, but I'm not a busy person, so...
1: <laughs> Forget what I said. Screw them. Yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't bring... <laughs> Good riddance quibby. Not smart. No. <laughs> it was also just like it came out right at the beginning of quarantines and lockdowns. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was like, hey, you can watch us on the train. Everybody's like, train. I don't have to take the <laughs> yeah, train I anymore. Know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Or,
0: you know, when you're exercising, yeah, no
1: exercise. one's going to see me.
0: I don't need to exercise anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't have to go anywhere. And we're still there. Oh, oh man. All right. Quibby, <laughs> try again. And this time, accept Bill Oakley's show. And then. Well, then them. I don't but want you to yeah then I'll be rooting
2: for you rather than cheering your demise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you tell us what the show was? What it was about?
2: Uh it was a show that uh I was doing with the animation company Shadow Machine and it was kind of like if you ever saw the movie Cannonball Run uh it's it was kind of like about a, a road it was kind of a road race around America with kind of a cool 70s vibe um but also kind of like you know a, a cartoon elements like wacky races too. It was it was a really fun show. Anyway didn't get it. Did not get made.
1: Oh, man. put it in clips on Instagram. <laughs> How yeah. many episodes can you Just make little. out of
2: minute clips? <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna. You know what? I'm gonna devote my. I'd rather devote my time to moving forward rather than mourning that loss of that project.
0: <laughs> get into claymation and make it that way. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh. Because that's oh, not man.
0: that's not the worst pain in the butt ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of devoting time, that's uh. Oh my goodness! I I would imagine <laughs> knowing nothing about either one that doing animation takes half as long as doing claymation. Is that a <laughs> what be been, claymation must be
2: so? I don't know how. I mean, you. That's I've so been just I've been to the stages at some of these places that do claymation, and it's just like I can't believe how much attention to detail it takes, and how you must be have to be a certain type of person to have the precise to, to be able to handle that stuff. Because I would just after an hour of doing that, I lose my mind. After having to, you know, move a, a tiny little bit of the guy's mouth that's moving on the corner to give him an expression. It's like that, like, it really must take a certain type of personality. And God bless those people who do it because I couldn't do it for a second.
1: Just thinking about it gives me anxiety of like, yeah, I can't even <laughs> figure out what I'm supposed to do with this. Right, right.
0: For a second uh, and a half of footage. For, like for a one, yeah,
1: for one little, uh, little scene part. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a mess. Good stuff. Uh, it's good, though. It, claymation is wonderful, though. If you can do it, by yeah. all means, please do. Let's
0: bring that <laughs> back. I haven't seen anything.
1: Let's bring that recent back. With- oh, that'd be a good segue if I didn't have a Mission Hill question before we talked about <laughs> Gus and Wally. Speaking of bringing things back, but I have one. I know you just recently did a deep dive on Mission Hill, so we won't sit on this for too long, but I have to know this. Who is, whose idea was the penis guy in Mission Hill? The guy who picked up the phone... When he asked, when Toby was running from the dog, and the guy picked up the phone when his mom, when he called his mom and said, "Penis, penis, 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 penis." Well, you know that
2: guy appeared in the pilot. Uh, it, it, he was he was actually I think his first appearance was in the pilot, wasn't it? Wasn't it where Kevin he talked to Kevin?
1: He yeah. It he was Kevin's in a different. Ear. It was like two episodes before, yeah. yeah, where he went in Kevin's ear. He's like, "Oh, don't let it get you down, son." Hey, I penis, penis. Yeah, yeah, penis, yeah, penis, penis. penis. That, uh, <laughs> it was
2: it was Josh or my I don't remember which one of us made it up, but that it was it definitely appeared in the script that we wrote and so yeah no it was and it was based on uh, the character actually is based came from this old movie called the out-of-towners with jack lemon where there's this guy who, who, who looks just like that who robs him and and <laughs> we were and we were like this guy can make him we can make him a pervert you know we can but we, there's only limited number of stuff you can say on tv that a pervert would say and that was it so it it, it kind of wrote itself at that point
0: <laughs> crazy world huh
1: well don't let it get you down son i Penis, 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 penis. Limited stuff, even on like late night cable, right?
2: In 1998, yeah. I mean, now you can, for crying out loud, look at one episode of Family Guy, is the most, it's offensive. Let me put it that way. Family Guy, very (laughs) funny show. I cannot believe what they get away with. I can't believe what they got away with 15 years ago on broadcast television. It is absolutely (laughs) insane. The stand, but like, I mean, it's a funny show, but yeah, the standards, um, we I mean, just say the standards of what could be broadcast on television are far different today than they were in 1998. And we, they gave us a great deal of leeway at, at the WB network back then with all that masturbation and penis talk, you know?
1: You did a, yeah, it was a full episode about Kevin <laughs> masturbating and setting the store on fire. Again.
2: Yeah. They're only, in fact, <laughs> the only note they gave us on that was like, could you reduce the number of mentions of board masturbation? And we were like, sure. And that was it. So, like, they were, they were very, <laughs> they were very lenient about it too, and to a surprising extent for that era.
1: Wow. I was
0: manipulating myself to pornography. It's it's weird, too, that some of the rules of like, you can say it, but only so many times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They do have that rule. So It's weird. Or like <laughs> things you can make reference to without explicitly saying it. Right. Right. Things like that. And that's, it's just wild to me that some of the things that are on TV make it on TV. When you know there's a vast majority of people are going to sit there and go, oh, this is filth. <laughs> and somehow you get a paycheck out of it. <laughs>
0: What's the whole Mulaney bit of oh, you can't say the F word, but you can say anal contusion. Yeah, so-
1: Law and Order SVU. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you should write for Law and Order SVU. You could say all the kind of gross stuff you want.
2: I don't really want to say
1: gross stuff. That's the thing. It's
2: like it's oh. that, that, not really. I don't find it. It's Never I don't find that. it necessary um, to say that stuff. I mean, I it comes up, but I prefer I, when it comes up, I prefer to be it to be character driven. <laughs>
1: You prefer it to fit into into a right kind of story you're telling instead of just saying it to say it. Correct.
0: It's not a
2: forced cutaway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, everybody can say that stuff now. Like it was slightly more surprising when there were only you know three or four networks on television, <laughs> and they had they they had censors. You know now there's nothing surprising about, and there hasn't been anything surprising about it for about fifteen to twenty
1: years. Yeah. Now, no, there's no like the filters gone, and people are just like, oh, all right, cool, no problem, totally. <laughs> and people make money just being gross just because some of them do some of them (laughs) oh wow uh okay did you did you have a mission hill question jill that you wanted i can't remember we talked about it earlier
0: over oh the only thing that came up was overall like what episode or what aspect of mission hill like what would you want people to remember in general about the show
2: um i would hope that people would remember that the way one the way it looked and number 2 the world of the show i think you know it was a very carefully crafted world of kind of like this somewhat hipstery time and place in uh, you know in american culture that was cool. I, I could go on there's about 20 things i wish people would remember but those are the top 2 i let's think let's list all
1: of them
0: <laughs> number 1 that your name is associated with it yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it did have a really great look like it was very simplistic in the way it was drawn and i think that really helped in making the show like yeah it's a cartoon but it also didn't have to be like a super what's the word i'm looking for ornate maybe like hyper realistic yeah like it was just yeah. like hey it's a like fun character
0: driven rather than like oh look at that pretty backgrounds or
2: yeah yeah the, the, i mean the show the whole the look of the show and the show to itself to a large extent was inspired by the comic books from that the alternative comic books from that time most specifically Eight Ball by Daniel Klaus and the whole Buddy Bradley series by Peter Bagg. And that like most, I think those have unfortunately faded kind of into, they've faded from people's memories. But at the time, that was my absolute favorite thing. And probably my favorite comic book of all time was this comic book called Hate about the adventures of Buddy Bradley uh, in Seattle in the 90s. And um, so we kind of combined that with other things that were going on, like um, Kevin Smith movies. It was also insp- like some of it was inspired by the movie Chasing Amy, which was popular around that time. And uh, we kind of worked all that stuff into a giant stew with kind of a Simpsons Simpsons sensibility, since that was where we had learned how to write.
1: That's wow. I didn't realize <laughs> there were a lot of so many different influences that all kind of mashed together.
2: Yeah, th- there were. And there are also a lot of things that we had wanted to do on The Simpsons that we that we couldn't do because of the universe there that that this was a reaction to. Like, The Simpsons didn't have any characters between the ages of 12 and 30, you know, except for Otto, literally. <laughs> and, and, oh, wow. that, and so we were like, let's make a show where, where all the characters are that age. Except for Gus and Walt. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's And even just the fact that every character was so different, was, it made it so much more interesting, too. Like, nothing seemed redundant. It was like each character came up and you're like, all right, here's a whole new story going yeah, on yeah
2: they were to all be interested all of them to a large extent were based on people either based on us or people that we knew and so it, the characters kind of came naturally uh, once we populated the universe with them
1: and you put yourselves in the pilot too right when kevin was rolling around on the floor with the plant in his pants
2: oh yeah <laughs> we appear in the show <laughs> we appear as you can see on the show actually on the wall behind me i'm pointing at it right now that's a, oh, yes. a, a cell or a cell an art piece of uh, artwork from the show when it was still called the Downtowners. And uh, it's the roommates, uh, and me and Josh with the roommates.
1: The Downtowners is a good show name. I
2: fucking what? love that name. That I, that was <laughs> that was my favorite name, and we had to change it because MTV did this cartoon called Downtown that came on oh. around the same time, and the network made us change it. And I still wish we hadn't had to change it. Mission Hill is a totally fine name, and I'm used to it now. But at the time, I always loved the name The Downtowners. I thought it was so cool, and I was annoyed that we had to change it because of that show, short-lived show that came on to MTV.
1: Hey, he said the name of our show on our show. We will
0: not cover that one. Wow. Uh, all
1: right. So we're not going to do the, down, the downtown from MTV. We're not putting that on the list. It's banned. Yes. Great. <laughs> Damn. Well, now I'm I'm really, I didn't know about that, that the, you had to change the name. And now I'm really bummed out that the show is not called Downtowners because that, that's perfect. <laughs> like.
2: Maybe we can use it. Well, maybe we can somehow use it in Gus and Wally. Although the name of the Gus and Wally show is Gus and Wally, <laughs> so there's not a lot of is, room for
1: change in that title. Is that official, by the way? Is that like you've nailed that down?
2: Well, it's official to the extent that we're making it. If somebody buys it, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> you know, that, that we we have Warner Brothers on. board. Warner Brothers owns the property, obviously, and we have them on board and the studio on board, and we're getting some art done and we have the whole concept for the show. And, however. The hard part, as I said ten minutes ago, is selling the stupid thing. And you know, <laughs> we have we have to we're going to be able to go to places like Adult Swim and HBO Max, and uh, you know, and the P- P- all the streaming services, basically Netflix, Peacock, yeah. uh, Paramount Plus, or whatever the heck that thing is. <laughs> and hopefully, um, hopefully one of them will buy it. Given the fact that that Mission Hill has a built-in fan base, and they're going to get. They a person who whatever source buys this, assuming one does, they get to air the original episodes too. They get they get all the original 13 episodes, which nobody has been able to stream. And also they're gonna and they also, should they want to, have the rights to animate the five episodes that were never animated of the original series.
1: I've Ooh. seen the likes they're I don't know if they're storyboard things or what, but I've seen a couple of those floating around on YouTube. Yeah. About like un like unfinished, like written episodes, but yeah. not the script, is there's that... all,
2: yeah, there's five, and the scripts—they're all online. All five scripts are online, and two of them were animated as storyboards. One, there's an entire act of one episode on YouTube of, of Freaky Weekend and the Crappy Crud Wagon, which is a road trip episode, and it's entire, <laughs> act, entire, an, entirely animated in black and white with the characters and stuff. And then there's a, uh, there's an entire episode of um, this one about Andy and Gwen, which is also on YouTube, and it's a, basically a recording of the reading, the script reading set to the storyboard panels so it's kind of like that's the one i've it. seen yeah. yeah that's a good one too um so anyway should any of these sort? hopefully one of these places will buy it and maybe we can make those episodes which will be fun because we'll be dragging them into the archives you know 22 years later and animating them
0: oh wow it's been it's been that long
2: yeah <laughs> uh it's been 23 oh, wow. i think it's been and then 22 definitely oh, since the show. it's been nearly 22 since the first episode aired
1: i think it was uh 99 but you started really? the show 98 yeah we started working on it in 98 maybe even 97 oh, wow Wow! you wanted to break off from the simpsons that badly <laughs> well let me tell Not you this the crap on the simpsons. at the time <laughs> at the time well first of all it was
2: a different universe and, like i think that like at the time there was a lot of demand for comedy material so most people left the simpsons to strike out on their own with varying degrees of success um because you get a lot of money <laughs> like if some place <laughs> could lure you away from the simpsons uh they'd give you a lot of money to make up shows and sell them um and that's what we did and uh unfortunately mission hill was not successful but we still uh, had a great time doing it you know at the time also the simpsons is the simpsons is a great place to work but it it is it's hard it's hard and you know we were there for like nearly seven years and at, we we're just like you got we had to leave for our sanity Also. And this was the wrongest thing anybody ever thought. We were pretty sure the show would be over in a year or two. And now here we are. <laughs> it's 32 Like, and I'll tell you why that was because like back then comedies did not go on that long. You know, you think about the most successful comedies in TV history, like Cheers and MASH and Seinfeld. They went on for about nine or ten seasons and then they ended, period. Right. Yeah. So the Simpsons was we were we were certain it was the same thing. And that we also felt that even at the end of season eight, we were running out of stories for this thing and so we were like we were like let's get while well, the getting is good and, and you, we don't want to be the people who usher this thing into the grave although it's not obviously not going to the grave anytime soon um <laughs> we were like let's you know let's do our two seasons that we liked and 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 not be here and get our own thing going soon so that's what we did
1: wow yeah i mean yeah shows don't la they didn't and they still don't last that long so i mean it's it's not wrong to want to try to something else, but like yeah. it's, that's gotta be crazy to be like, Hey, we're going to try this. And then I don't know that show is still happening, which is just seems insane. that The <laughs> Simpsons is 30. Was it 32? They just got uh, approved for seasons like 33, yeah, and 34. 30, yeah.
2: I think. I think the thing about the Simpsons is you can't even think of it as a regular show. You got to think of it as Saturday night live. It's like Saturday night live is a unique entity and the simpsons is a unique entity too. They're not the simpsons is not a regular comedy show, you know, and because of the nature of the way that it that's animated and so other, obviously family guy could go on forever too. So like it's the animated shows is because the actors don't you don't see the actors aging before your eyes. It's part of the reason that that <laughs> happens, you know, as opposed to sitcoms where you get like this is getting old and the actors don't want to do it anymore is often the reason that shows end. Whereas at the simpsons, the job the actors are brilliant, but the job is easy. You know, I don't it's fairly you don't have to work one or two days a week, so it's not a job you're gonna throw
1: away. Yeah, and with all the money you can get working twice a week. Yeah. I wouldn't throw that away either. <laughs> <laughs> but they're probably yeah. all in their oh, 70s that's... now. I
2: actually haven't I haven't looked at the ages of our actors, but I mean they were all I don't mean, know in their 30s or whatever, 34 years ago. Oh wow.
0: Yeah, because and... it came out Simpson started in 89. When...
2: Yeah. yeah, well, it started Tracy I Allman. Was the same born. actors were doing it on Tracy Allman in 86.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: So they essentially go from one, you know, <laughs> wacky funny show to another, and right, yeah. maybe doing the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's weird
0: to think it's literally been my entire lifetime that's been on. Like I've never known not having. That is never lived
1: without the Simpsons in your life. Wow. Oh. And you just made oh, Bill, I'm Bill. Sorry. Just feels really old right now. I have made wow. peace with that.
2: I don't like to. You know, uh, I'm only as old oh. as they only say you're as old as old as you feel. So I don't feel too old. Thank God.
1: <laughs> that's the spirit.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so uh Gus and Wally, too. I think from people we've talked to over the several months, we're not very consistent with the show, but the <laughs> several months we've done Mission Hill, um, a lot of people say Gus and Wally are their favorite characters. Is that something you got as well? And that's why they're getting the yeah. reboot, spin-off, that, that's whatever. That's exactly whatever why it. they're
2: our favorite characters to write for. They really came together in that last episode, that episode thirteen, Plan 9 for Mission Hill. And so We, basically the show, the show that we have in mind is really similar to Mission Hill, except with more Gus and Wally. It's like Gus and Wally will take center stage and there will be more episodes about them. And there'll also be flashbacks. That's part of the thing that, because Gus and Wally have been in Mission Hill, the Mission Hill neighborhood since the late fifties. And so there will be flashbacks to the sixties, seventies and eighties, because this area has always been kind of a hotbed of alternative culture. So we'll delve into things like, you know, the beatniks and the hippies and things of that nature. That regulars mainstream shows don't cover and didn't ever cover.
1: Wow, S- Gus and Wally, trailblazing!
2: Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited about, about the possibility of, of doing it and bringing it to life. And I hope one of these places uh, is in, uh, as excited as we are.
1: Well, you're uh, you've got an, well, maybe you have an in at uh, HBO Max with close enough, right? Can you talk to some, sweet talk some people over there? I already tried.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> so far, it doesn't mean that they've passed, but. I mean, like right. they, they, uh, they still have to hear the final thing. So, uh, let's hope because it's the same company. That's usually often the reason decisions are made like that because it's like, you know, the company is vertically integrated and they're just spending their own money to buy their own things. So that's like, it's definitely an incentive for them to
1: buy it. And that may make it a little easier to get this project, uh, officially off the ground. Fingers crossed. We hope. Yes. Yeah. Fingers and toes crossed. We, <laughs> Oh, man, I, I really hope this happens. Mission Hill is one of my favorite shows. It's so much fun. And Gus and Wally are fantastic. So, I mean, there's no downside to this show, and I hope it happens.
2: It's it's always just about, like, do they want to spend $13 million to make this thing or not? You know, that's, every, <laughs> that's the way it is every, at, at every place. You know, um, that's the decision that they that TV executives have to make.
1: And in an era of reboots and continuation series and spin-offs And I mean, Frasier's coming back on Paramount right. plus and all these other things that are coming back after so many years, you would think this would be a, I would hope it's going to be a, you know, a, a shoe in almost.
2: I hope so too. I think that it's also, <laughs> it's still, it's also a unique show. Like how many TV shows, even in this day and age, how many shows do you have that's that the stars of the show are an elderly gay couple. You know, that's not, I don't think there's ever been a show like that. Um, and so, and there still isn't one. So I think that the uniqueness of it also, in my opinion, is exciting.
0: That's true. And we're both, I think we're, we're both we're looking at each other think trying of, to think of one. And we're <laughs> like, no, <it's- laughs>
1: Like there, there are shows where, you know, there mm. are gay people in the cast. And it's like, oh, cool, awesome. But the main characters, I don't... At least a couple. like, Right.
0: Not just, oh, there's this is a show about gay people or whatever. Like, right. Yeah.
1: Huh. And this might be the perfect time to get that off to get this into the universe, Bill. I think so. Also,
2: it, interestingly, <laughs> it's a period piece now because if the show was going to, Mission Hill is not a reboot. I mean, Grasso Valley is not a reboot. It's just a continuation. And right. so the show takes place six months after, it takes place in 1999. So now it, it, it wasn't a period piece then and now it is. You know? Oh, wow. It takes place <laughs> in, a, in a pre-iPhone world, a pre 911 world, you know, which we kind of look at with rose-colored glasses.
1: Well, yeah. And so is that going kind to of make it easier or harder for you to, to put together? I'm, I don't know how many episodes you've like gone through and started, or maybe you haven't, but is that going to make it easier or harder to really flesh these things out going back all this time?
2: I don't think it's going to be any different. I mean, it's, we have, we already had so many things we wanted to do for mission Hill to begin with. I mean, it's going to be easy. I think, I mean, making TV shows is never easy, but I think that like, there's an, a very, let's say there's a very large number of stories we want to tell.
1: And I'm hoping we get this extra platform. I can't, I now I can't wait for this. <laughs> Damn it, Quibi. This is Quibi's fault somehow. Yeah, it is. I I don't know how, but... You
2: know what? It's It's a very good thing that we did not sell Gus and Wally to Quibi because it would be dead, dead, dead. You know? And that's... that's, There you go. So that's the upside of this.
1: Is that the people who owned the show still own the show and still have a place to put it, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, man. That would have... Damn, and then we're all, part of the, we're
2: all part of the we all part of the happy AT and T family now. <laughs> not not <laughs> oh. only the AT and T, you know, as you know, AT and T bought all the bought Time Warner as well. So as like now, Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network are this are basically kind of the same thing. And and they, even though they're two separate studios, still all those things are now under the same umbrella with the same people in charge of all of it. So it's a super weird thing. And I now I'm an AT&T employee. I literally had to go through like an onboarding <laughs> and stuff like this for uh, for close enough because it's like, it's a, it's a AT&T thing. And we learned about the, <laughs> they had a little talk about the uh, the corporate structure of the universe, you know, it's like That's wow, something I was used to. Uh,
1: <laughs> wow, I, I would never even thought of that. Like you have to go through corporate training because of a company that owns a show you're doing. Wow, that's that's interesting. A company it, it, that
0: owns the company
1: it, that owns the It
2: show. was it was interesting for me too. It was not something I am, am used to. Uh and uh although it's cool and you know I get an AT&T, should I want to switch my cell phone plan to at and I'll get a big discount and you get other things <laughs> like that, you know, like uh, as a, it's just, it it's I never thought of myself as an AT&T employee, but I am.
1: Wow, and you could get super cheap phone service. I'm guessing for as long as you write for the show. So yeah. maybe I don't know, you might have to Hold off? I'm not sure because <laughs> we'll who knows see. how long things are going to go. I don't right? want to switch my phone service. It's too much of a hassle. <laughs> so I'm not going to yeah.
0: it. Yeah. And you think, is it worth it?
1: <laughs> it? It might not be. It might, might not know. be worth I've it never, at all. I don't, know. I
0: don't
1: know. Oh, sounds like a mess. Uh, I think we covered everything. Oh, I do have one more question for you, Bill. I don't know if this is going to air on this show or on my podcast, The Melting Pat, but I like to ask this of everybody I talk to. Ugh. And you're a food guy, so this seems perfect for you to answer. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
2: I think I answered this on the podcast. Is a I was actually on the podcast that is named "Is a Hot Dog a Sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: going to say it seems like it's a common question now, but I don't.
2: <laughs> uh, it's right on the. border. the thing is, it's right on the border, and that's why this question is so nagging and persistent. You know, it's like it. Like I wouldn't say, for instance, I wouldn't say the burrito is a sandwich. I think that's too far out of the zone. However. The hot dog is just an unusually shaped sandwich that is really no different than a submarine sandwich, which you call a sandwich, right? It's just that, that there's a there's a sausage. It's a su- thinking about it. I well, can go on for an hour. About topic. Hoagie, but- you started it, man. I'm gonna go on for an hour about this topic. Please <laughs> <laughs> that, that that we that it's uh it's not it's not different. It's no different than a submarine than a sub sandwich, which you call a sandwich, except that there's a sausage in the middle. So I'm going to say that it is a sandwich, but just barely there.
1: Okay. Well, I like that you have a definitive answer. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's you. incorrect, but I like that you have <laughs> it. good.
0: And I don't care either way. I'm like, it's a hot dog. I don't
2: care. Now this is a, a nagging question. A lot, and a lot of these ones about people asking, is this a sandwich? They're not. It's obviously not a sandwich. Burrito's not a sandwich. No way. Uh, right. but, but, but hot dog is right on the border, which is why this is one of those... It, you know, it, why it, Why it's a question that continues to nag at humanity for this long, <laughs> long period. Well, what is this? Is a hot dog a sandwich or not? Well, it's kind of, it, just barely, you say
1: There, there are some elements to it for sure, but I think the, the hinge of the bread kind of sets it apart, and really when you ask for a sandwich and somebody brings you a hot dog, you're going to be like, "Why? what are you doing to me? Which is semantical. The it's like, depends. On, can...
2: I think if you ask for a sandwich in Germany and they brought you a hot dog, you would be fine.
1: You might be happy about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you might not be surprised about that. Right. right. Maybe that's the better way. And I way. think
2: even in, in, in Wisconsin, for instance, you would, you, you would, and, and even uh, a lot of this has to do with cultural, <laughs> with cultural sure. stereotypes, because in Australia, <laughs> I just learned they don't really have hot dogs in Australia. They have, a, what they have is, is, what they have is kind of a sausage. They have a name for it too. And it's slipping my mind, but they, they have a sausage that is wrapped in a piece of bread which is really, now that is a, is that a sandwich? It's kind of, yeah, basically, cause it's a sausage and you have just a piece of bread wrapped around it in it. And that's what they kind of, their equivalent of a hot dog is. But again, it, there isn't a one-to-one comparison. Anyway, now that, that really <laughs> raises questions about what is a sandwich.
0: And that's probably a lot healthier than what our hot dogs
1: are. Probably what the, the hot dogs and what goes in the buns that we eat them on. Yeah. I'm very surprised to find out that they, didn't have, they don't really have hot dogs. Like you can get
2: them at like an American restaurant or whatever, but it's not a thing in Australia.
1: That's interesting. Fun. Maybe they're better for it. I don't know. So don't ask an Aussie if a hot dog yeah. is a sandwich. That, <laughs> right. That's
2: the lesson. Oh, yeah. you'll It's going to be, you'll never hear the end of it.
1: <laughs> oh. That's so wonderful. Thank you. That's I learned. I learned a lot today. I think Same. we're good. Cool. We we got everything right. Yeah. Oh man. Let Bill, him
0: let him get back to his, yeah. Get his back real... to your
1: to your <laughs> cat and your real life. Yeah. Uh, Bill, I'll, thank you so I'll much for doing this, man. And
2: listen to a podcast. <laughs> okay. <Aww>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been a pleasure. Thank oh, you. A true honor. Thank you, sir. And there you go. Our thanks to Bill Oakley. That was so much fun. Enjoyed that very much. And you know, I had to get my question in there. You knew I was going to do that. I didn't know if I was going to have Bill Oakley on my show ever. So uh, we had to put that in there at the end. Well, she didn't. I did. Uh, So there you go. Thank you, Bill, for joining us and for entertaining our questions. And uh, yeah, it was great. So uh, go check out Close Enough on HBO Max and uh, all the things. And then can we badger executives to get uh, Gus and Wally made? Can we do that? Is that a thing we're allowed to do? I don't know. But in any case, uh, yes, cross your fingers and toes that Gus and Wally sees the light of day so all of us can enjoy it. And maybe Bill will come back when the show is uh, is made and uh, we bring it up on this show. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Maybe it'll go on for like five years and we'll have a lot to, a lot more to discuss, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, next week we are back with Mission Hill, the series finale. And then after that, at some point, is Garfunkel and Oates. So we're going to get to that eventually i don't know um we may have to just do just record a bunch in a row and have them ready to go out and then who knows after the kid comes what kind of uh timeline like we didn't have a good track record of putting this show out before we became parents i can only imagine the uh well the the time crunch we would be under if we tried to do it any other time after that so i don't know anyway um but yeah next week for sure mission hill series finale Uh, episode 13, what is it, I Married a Gay Man from Outer Space, Plan 9 from Mission Hill, something like that, I forget. Um, I wrote it down here and it's somewhere else. But anyway, that is it for today. Hope you enjoyed this one. This was a lot of fun, getting to chat with Bill Oakley and uh, I guess if you want us to talk to other creators, let us know, All right, Everywhere at short-lived show on the old social media and um, maybe not suggesting shows as of right now, because we still have a big list and we're nowhere near done with it And uh, our free time is about to disappear. So, So there you go with all of that. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, my friends, keep watching TV.